Welcome to Run With Horses. This is once again the Friday marriage edition. Uh, today we're on the letter I and thinking about intimacy in marriage. And what we mean by that is the close personal relationship that you have with your spouse. It is exclusive. It is a partnership of two, three if you include God, but no other people. Uh, we'll start with a biblical, uh, not a biblical, a Dictionary. We'll start with a dictionary definition of intimacy. Well, in my dictionary, sandwiched in between intestine and intimidate, we have the word intimate. And uh, the definition that we probably would want to use is says characterized by a very close association or familiarity, very personal. That close association or familiarity that's what we're looking at you can be excessively close to someone who's not your spouse and that is a huge problem and you see that in the number of marriages that end in divorce because one half of the couple committed adultery got too close to someone else Uh, so that's a common problem and when we look at this there are multiple different relationships that have the potential to cause difficulty it's any other person male or female, no matter whether you're the husband or wife, another person could be, could fulfill some of the role that your husband's supposed to have. So you have to be careful. But we have some specific ones that we want to mention that can be tricky to deal with. One is just best friends or confidants who are not your spouse. If you have a really good best friend and you're, you're sharing your deep, dark secrets with him, you may not feel that you need to share them with your spouse. They feel a role of allowing you to express yourself and share your heart uh, in a way that you, ha- you have a need to do, and they're filling that role. So just that close friend can be too close, and that can become a problem, even if it's uh, a friend you've had since childhood. It doesn't matter who it is. That there's the potential there that they can fulfill a role that your spouse should fill. I've been very careful not to share certain things about you know, my relationship with you, I don't share those things with anybody, really, because I feel like some of those personal things are not something to share with somebody else. And I suppose maybe there might come a point or there could come a point in a relationship where maybe you need advice or something. But I think it could be a problem to just even share some of those really personal things with others. Yeah, there definitely are things that you don't want to share with other people. If it's a problem, you want to talk to your spouse about it and deal with it. Um, But to complain, a lot of times you hear people that they complain about their spouse to anybody who will listen, Mm -hmm. um, but particularly to that best friend. So you want to be careful about how you talk about your spouse to other people. But um, to not allow a best friend or another person to become your confidant, particularly to replace your husband, is, uh, is a huge problem. And that does lead to... Um, even worse problems when that confidant is the other sex. So be careful there. Uh, The other one, uh, the next one, is one that maybe you don't always think about, but it's your children. Uh, Your kids, for either the husband or the wife, can fulfill a role uh, in your life that only your husband can fulfill. And it's very similar to the best friend where they become a confidant, particularly as they grow older. And if you've grown up talking to them, they're very comfortable. They know you. You know them very well. Um, and it's easy to have your child fill a space that your husband or wife should fill. And that's both uh, just in sharing things and just in closest, having that person that really cares about you and knows you well. You can feel emotionally close to your child and then 
not feel the need to feel close to your spouse. Yes, and when then when those children come to the age of leaving home, that makes it really difficult for the parents to let them go or let them be free to grow up and move on. And then also when you have the empty nest, if your whole life has been about the kids or with the kids, then you're looking at your spouse going, who are you again? Yeah, I see that as a, it's a related, separate but equal issue that child-centered homes often have one of the two has developed too much of an attachment to their kids where their life has become about the child. Uh, And then when they leave, when they leave home, it's devastating. And then what do you do? And if you have replaced an emotional attachment to your spouse with one with a child and the child leaves, and then you don't, you have this other person that's in your house who you don't really know that well, uh, it's, you either have to learn to get to know them again, which a lot of people do talk about that when their kids leave and they've got to know each other again after 20 years off. <laughs> um, but that's that's really not, I think, what's intended. Uh, the goal should be to maintain that relationship with your spouse as your kids grow up so that your children see a healthy marriage. And they also learn uh, as a byproduct that they're not the center of the world. They're not the center of this family. Um, so it, it helps in training and teaching your kids to be what God wants them to be as well. So, yeah, definitely children are a huge, um, have huge potential to be in the wrong place in the marriage emotionally with one or both of the couple. Uh, The next one is similar, also family, but your parents. Um, If you don't or haven't moved away from home, uh, far enough away from home, (laughs) one or both of the parents can be uh, attached in a way, particularly if it's a single parent that lives close, um, can often become attached and ingrained into the family in an unhealthy way. And that's not saying you can't have a really good close relationship with your mother or father who lives close by, but you can have an unhealthy relationship with them as well. And they don't even have to live close by. You could spend the time on the phone talking to them and sharing and doing all these things we're talking about, being emotionally intimate with your, your parent and sharing things that you should be talking about, making decisions that you should be making with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about it in the terms of making choices or decisions together. Sometimes we include more people than need to be in the discussion. And it's not bad to ask advice or for their wisdom, but when they have an equal say in you know, how we run our lives, then that could be a bad thing. And when you have the decisions, I think a wise choice often is to talk to your spouse and decide together, let's invite somebody else to to consult with, or do you mind if I talk to my mom about this or my dad about this, uh, and have not not necessarily looking for permission, but letting the other person understand that I, as I'm thinking through this, I want to get some help thinking through it, not taking your place, but it's not uh, taking place in the background and kind of a hidden thing where you do have more of the danger of of there being a an inappropriate connection. All right, so these are the three big types of relationships that that I see that really have the potential to to cause problems. Whether it's it's another person and uh, a best friend or someone that becomes uh, emotionally close, or a child or a parent. Um, those are all kind of the negative. You need to be careful. The warning side to it. But we also need to think about how do we build and maintain intimacy in a relationship with our spouse. So Susan has a few ideas for us. 
Yeah, I think when you're first married, it's probably easy to build that because no kids. <laughs> yeah, that too. But you're also excited and young, and you're finally together after you've been waiting for however long, and um, it's just all new and exciting. But then you know, life happens, and everybody's busy, and you're distracted easily, and you're tired, and you know, all these things come in that make it difficult to maintain that, and. Um, I think uh, there are lots of things that we can do. One of the things is just to be intentional about it and realize this is important. This relationship with my spouse is unlike any other relationship, and it's worth putting the time and effort into. And, I mean, obviously your creativity can be put to use, and you can come up with your own ways to do this, but uh, something that has helped us is just to make time to have a little getaway for the two of us, even if it's just to get coffee or to have a meal out or just go shopping. We a lot of times just go to a secondhand store and just shop and or even go get groceries together just to have that time when it's just the two of us. There's no other people or kids that are saying hey give me this or do that or whatever um so that's one thing also just to keep current with each other's lives like uh, what are you doing today or what's coming up on your schedule and then that's a good way to know how to pray for your spouse too if you know oh they're going to the dentist today or they have to write this paper or they need to do this or that you can pray about those things as well and you're more involved in their lives. It's a great idea to share what you're reading with in the Bible. Uh, just even ask each other, hey, where are you reading in the Bible right now? Or what has God been teaching you? And those kinds of things open up a deeper sort of a spiritual conversation or something that's a little closer to your heart than just, hey, how's the weather? Um, uh, I like the idea of being a lifetime learner of your spouse. Um, you know, we change over time, and if you're not careful, you might think, oh, this person has always liked this, so that's, they still like that, or they used to find this exciting, but, you know, over time, you know, likes and dislikes, and just we change, so it's good to um, remember that and keep learning about the other person. Um, obviously, we should stay committed to our spouse in our heart, our mind, our emotions, and not let our emotions drive us or dictate um, how we act or react toward our spouse. Um, you know, in movies and all these other uh, fiction worlds, you know, people fall in and out of love so easily, but that's just a very emotionally driven response. And we need to be careful not to allow those to control our lives. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I think particularly the time is just so important. I think we, we think about it with our kids where that discussion has been going on for years in uh, popular culture and churches and uh, Christian culture that there is no quality time versus quantity time. There's just time. You, you have to spend time with your kids. It's the same with your spouse. Um, you, you need to spend time together, time going through struggles, talking about the mundane things, but also talking about the things that really matter. So I think time and conversation are hugely important for building and maintaining that deep personal connection. And it does take effort. And some of the effort as the, 
the family grows and you have kids and you have responsibilities, it's just the effort of putting it on the schedule and saying, okay, we're going to clear out an hour here or an afternoon there or a weekend. Mm-hmm. But it does take effort. And I, I like putting creativity in there because that's part of it. It's, it doesn't have to be a set. We're going to go out and have a you know, five-star supper at a, a nice place and uh, it can be something simple and I think a lot of times simple is better because there's no pressure and it's less low stress when mm-hmm. you're not spending a lot of money and say this has to go really super well we can just take a walk and, and that's uh, mm-hmm. valuable and that time is what allows you to keep current so keeping current is hugely important and you need time to do that and that's consistent time it's not just an hour once a month but part of the keeping current is a few minutes every day to check in and, and see how you're doing and to, to do all that you can to have consistent, regular time and then as much as you can. Uh, that does give you the things to pray for for your spouse. And to spend that time praying for your spouse does help you to maintain that intimacy. You're thinking about them and their needs, where they're really at, mm-hmm. and how you can contribute to their spiritual growth and to make their life better. It's part of that considering others better than yourself. and putting the time in prayer does help you maintain and build that emotional connection with your spouse. And you mentioned a lifetime learner. I mean, that's how do you do that? There's no manual. And we joked about that when we got married. (laughs) I I asked for a manual and you said it's on the way and it has not arrived yet. You have the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking for a more um, specific to the model that I have (laughs) manual that I have not received yet. But how do you learn that stuff? Well, you learn it through the time of conversation. I mean, that's it really a lot of this intimacy and personal emotional connection comes back to time in conversation, talking about everything, talking about nothing, but time together. And then you mentioned being aware of not being led just by your emotions and you have a bad day and accept that those come and go. They should not be what drives us. You know, you don't make decisions based on having a bad day. Uh, you step back and uh, evaluate and spend some more time in prayer and wait for another chance and talk again. But definitely it is something that takes work, but it's also something that's worth it. You know, you're building a long-term connection with somebody that you really know. And there always is, you know, we think when people are young and, and pursuing a relationship, there's all that I'm learning this person and it's new and there is joy there. There's a different kind of joy of growing old with somebody and getting mm-hmm. to know them and going, now I, I understand you in a way they didn't 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And that should be part of the joy that, that pushes, us to, pushes us to maintain the effort and creativity in our relationship and brings us joy as we grow older together. It's just kind of funny because, you know, the movies and, you know, popular culture is you just see the old rich guys who have the trophy wives when they're you know 40 years difference and you think oh that's what everybody wants but it's it is what you're saying is true you know as you it's cool to get old together because it's like I know you know my body's not what it used to be 30 years ago or you know things change and you know your eyes are getting worse and all these things, but hey, it's happening to you too, so it's kind of comforting. <laughs> but, um, and it is true that, you know, you think you love somebody when you first get married, and you probably do in a certain sense, but it 
kind of, you know, deepens and changes over time so that you do understand the person more and appreciate little signs of love that the other person gives to you that, you know, 30 years ago, they wouldn't even have known that you needed or wouldn't have known how to do that or something like that. There's so much you learn in a marriage together. You know, you learn humility and sacrifice and you learn what commitment really means. And you grow spiritually through that. There are things that you're not going to learn in one year or five years or 10 years. There are lessons that you won't even know are out there until you've been married for 20 years. Um, so I think there's a lot of value in pursuing that and that the lessons that come through time are more available to us because we have developed that, that close, intimate relationship where you have someone that cares about you enough, that you care about enough, that they can tell you things that you wouldn't listen to from anyone else. And you want to know, you know, it's someone who has joined with you in helping you to be the person God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately is why that relationship is so uh, important and valuable is God gives you that, makes you one for your good, for your ultimate sanctification. Uh, and it really it is never less than an effort. It's never less than a challenge in some, in some ways, but it also becomes more of a joy as you spend the time together. And really, as we're thinking about this, you know, intimate, personal relationship with your spouse, um, God likens that to the church and Jesus Christ. And um, thinking about our relationship with Jesus as well, or with God, you know, that a lot of those same ideas overlap or contribute to the same idea. Yeah, certainly, almost everything we've talked about with the the things that it takes to build intimacy apply to the church where it takes time, it takes creative effort. You have to protect that time and all those things. So yeah, there's so much we learn as we go through life together that does apply to our spiritual life. It's just really cool how God uses those things to teach us and to help us to grow. Hope you have a great week with your spouse. You should give them a hug. And take them out for coffee.